Fusion Patrol is a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can help support us at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. This is the Fusion Patrol podcast. Each week, we look at a different science fiction TV episode or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm John. And tonight we're looking at the final episode of Moonbase 3, View of a Dead Planet by Arden Winch. Moonbase 3 is getting ready for the arrival of a distinguished visitor, Nobel Prize-winning octogenarian physicist Sir Benjamin Dice. Dice may have been sent to the moon to get him out of the way. He's been causing some waves back on Earth. Dice arrives, and he's a joy to everyone. And when I say a joy, I mean a cantankerous ass. Back on Earth, it's Bastille Day, and the staff throw a party for Michel Lebrun, and it's going well. Until Dice arrives and gives a scathing indictment on nationalism and how all it ever does is cause problems. He uses this moment to explain about the current controversy he's embroiled in. A project, which he initially pioneered, Project Arctic Sun, is underway. He proposed it decades ago, but the idea was shelved. Now, the Russians and the Americans have entered a joint venture to put it into place. Just one problem. DICE has come to a new conclusion. The planned project will detonate a self-sustaining nuclear device high in the atmosphere and create a new artificial sun over the Arctic, making vast new areas of land habitable. DICE has reanalyzed the project, and his new findings are that, rather than create a sustained nuclear reaction, it would instead cause a chain reaction, igniting all the hydrogen in the Earth's atmosphere and destroying all life on the planet. The party fizzles out after having been brought down with his certainty that life on Earth will shortly be extinguished. Helen wonders how Dice will react when Arctic Sun comes to pass and nothing happens. No need to worry about that, though, because that night, Moonbase 3 loses all contact with the Earth. The other moon bases have lost contact, too. Looking down on the Earth visually, instead of a beautiful blue-green planet, all that remains of the Earth is a grayish ball of gas. The Earth is dead, and the people of the moon bases are the last remaining humans in existence. The end. Oh, no, wait, that isn't the end. Then there's the story of what people do when they know everything they've ever known or loved is dead, and know with certainty that, without supplies from Earth, they too will soon die. Calder and Tom Hill develop a system for euthanizing everyone on the moon base painlessly. Michelle and others spend their time getting drunk. Bruno even takes it a bit further. First, he starts with a wandering hands on all the female crew, and then, after trying Michelle's getting drunk plan, he tries to rape Helen. But all is forgiven in the morning. Dice advocates for the crew of the moon base to record every spit of human knowledge and information so that, possibly millennia later, when other life finds the moon, mankind will have left a legacy. Strangely enough, it is only now that Tom comes up with the idea of using the lunar shuttle to take someone back to Earth to find out if everything is indeed dead. Tom, the best qualified astronaut, 
must remain behind to keep the base operating and to throw the kill switch on Calder's command. Bruno volunteers, but then he chickens out, and finally Michelle makes the one-way mission to a dead world. Dice is steadfastly opposed to sending a ship. The act of sending a ship will give the Moonbase personnel hope, and hope will destroy them, because apparently hope is bad. When Michelle hits the atmosphere, contact with him is lost, too. Calder gives Tom the order. In 24 hours, rather than drag things out, just surprise everyone by killing them. As the staff unknowingly enjoy their final dinner, Calder goes out of his way to make it a great night for all, and with less than 30 minutes to go before sweet oblivion overtakes them, a televised game show from Earth pops up on their TV screen, which they'd apparently left turned on. All the signals return, too. Earth is still there, just bathed in a highly ionized atmosphere that is finally dissipating. Michelle contacts the base. Things are fine on Earth, except for the 20-degree planetary temperature loss. Dice was wrong. That is his prerogative as a man. Mankind cannot be allowed one single mistake. The real end. Well, that was a... That was the most cheerful episode of the series. (laughs) Wow. I thought the others were dark and... (laughs) Yeah. Kind of bleak, but... Okay. All all of that criticism that I I had heard from... uh, Even from Terrence Dix, I said, you know, it was a little too... It was a little too dark and missed out on the fun and the exploration. Now I get it. It's all packed in this one episode. Yes. Yeah, they saved it up to the end. Wow. Wow. Arden Wrench, Winch, uh, this is the only episode of the show you ever wrote. Um, he's apparently, he's apparently a thing and I have not seen anything at all that he's ever written except this episode. What does he normally write? Or what did he normally write? Well, I don't have the list in front of me. The the big one is Colditz. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, and I've I've never seen it, but it's a, a huge career from like 1960 to 84. Just uh, at least a hundred writing credits, I oh, would say, wow. of just TV shows throughout Britain of of various stripes, and uh, apparently quite successful, and just has never, as far as I can tell, make it over here. I think Colditz has made it over here on Masterpiece Theater or something, but I, I never saw it. So no. that's someone about uh, what uh, life in a, a prison or a, a, a concentration camp or something. I like assume that? it's about a concentration camp. Yeah. yeah. I assume it's about the German. <clears throat> oh, uh, yes. Yes. Uh, was that the one where they built the glider? Wasn't it? I, I don't remember. The, the there prisoners. was a Doctor Who episode on Big Finish called Colditz, which uh, I don't think involved a glider, but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, it's certainly more political than the previous episodes. Yeah, I think. I mean, well, I don't know. The last one was fairly political ish. Yeah. So I, it, it's I, I mean, it's kind of hard to say you enjoy an episode that's so bleak. Yeah. To me, um, <clears throat> it, it it was compelling in a way. It is a it is a really terrifying concept for the people up there on the moon base. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's like whoops, <laughs> snuffed out life in one instant while we were yeah. away. Whoops. But but the last thing you'd expect 
Very, uh, very Martian Chronicles. If you remember mm-hmm. that, Bradbury wrote that uh, the people on on Mars they were all taking off and trying to get back to Earth because there were all sorts of political tensions. And then uh, I can't remember how they found out, but uh, yeah, the the balloon went up, as they say, and, and everybody nuked everybody, and everybody died on the planet. And then the only <laughs> people left were the people who were left on Mars. Yeah. Which presumably it was a little more self-sufficient than the moon. Yes. Yes. They actually had a little bit of an atmosphere. Actually, yeah. In, in the books, they had a lot of atmosphere, but yeah. Yeah. So it, it was, so I guess let's, let's start. Uh, I'm going to start with the elephant in the room to me. Yes. Uh, what's that? There are other moon bases. Yeah. Yes. There are other moon bases. And apart from the fact that they all check with the other moon bases and say, Hey, you lose contact with Earth? Yeah, we lost contact with Earth. Whoa. And then they all seem to just sort of like, I guess we're all going to go off into our little respective corners and sulk, get drunk, party, rape people, right? whatever. Uh, they don't bother to go, hey, Americans, you've got like ships and stuff. Could you go check? I know. Yeah, I think this is probably the the worst example of their total lack of, of working a problem until the end. Of any of the episodes, it's yeah. Like, huh, what could happen? Well, let's see. Earth is fr- shrouded in haze. Nope, oh, it's gone. Everybody's dead. It's like seeing a light on the horizon, saying that is a UFO from another planet. No, yeah, it is. It's a light on the horizon. Right. They they don't bother to they don't bother <laughs> to explore the possibility because Dice has told them that's it. It's dead. All, exactly. Dead. I mean, he's he's the guy that came up with this thing, and he says they're all dead. They're all dead. So maybe Calder was completely enamored by his Nobel Prize winningness. That yeah. He just completely checked out there for a bit. So they but failed to work the out problem. a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> and they failed to work their potential solutions like pooling resources or right. I mean, I don't know that. You know the, the the geopolitical divisions would break down, and maybe that's part of this part of the narrative about nationalities are bad. But I would have thought at least the Europeans and the Americans would have, you know, staged a little better expedition to the Earth or shared information yeah, exactly. about what they knew or anything. But right. Just just absolutely it's as if they forgot the other moon bases exist once they once they say, Oh yeah, they lost communication too, so boom. That's yeah, exactly. Exactly. After uh, after Tom goes on his little jaunt to apparently the very close uh, moon bases, if he was able to visit two of them in Good one point. evening and taking off fairly late, I don't know what time, but I'm gonna assume after midnight, uh yeah, if everybody could just like walk there almost to another moon base uh but yeah i don't know maybe that's because they did bring in a writer who hadn't done anything else on the other episodes and so maybe he didn't have the whole multi-moon base vibe going there despite the fact that he obviously did because he was talking with the russians and stuff exactly it just was playing chess it's a huge huge oversight Mm -hmm. um so that that seemed to be a problem and then um, when Tom finally comes up with the idea of sending the lunar shuttle to Earth, mm-hmm. I'm like, what is that lunar shuttle for? Because they're like, well, you know, it's not really designed to go to the Earth. Where is it designed to go? Right. They never really mention any sort of a waypoint between Earth and the moon. 
Uh, in fact, in earlier episodes, I kind of got the opinion that they just didn't have anything. They just took off from the surface of the moon, did a couple orbits, and then, you know, zoomed over to Earth, a few more orbits, and landed. Yeah. I thought the lunar shuttle was literally a shuttle between exactly. two places, Earth and the moon. And <laughs> yeah. So when he said, oh, we'll have to rig up a heat shield and then we'll be able to, you know, thing, I'm like, yeah. well, well, where would you have gone if Earth hadn't been destroyed then? What, what is your disaster emergency escape plan from the moon if something goes wrong? What? Yeah. What, what, yeah, what are any contingencies? Oh, I know. Contingency plan one. Yeah. Euthanasia. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yes. <laughs> well, that's it. Then we're going to die. That's a, it's addendum six to the director's handbook. <laughs> yeah. If the commander in his judgment feels that there is no likelihood that the members of the moon base will be able to make it back to Earth, it is his discretion to kill them all. What? Exactly. Wow. As a kindness. It's a kindness. Exactly, yes, yes. I don't know if adding uh, carbon monoxide to the atmosphere would be a good idea. Was monoxide or dioxide? thought he said, oh, now you've confused me. The big I, difference I would have, there. Yeah, I would have I thought he said carbon dioxide, but uh, yeah, you know, turn off the scrubbers, whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, huh. Well, either way, uh, it's whichever one makes you just go to sleep. Well, they both do, but one of them gives you a nasty headache for a while before you die. Oh, well, that's why Calder was making them drink. So they all had hangovers. Oh, hangover there you go. Notice. I mean, might as well drink it all up. So, uh, Okay, so, all right, I've, I've, I just assumed that there was a space station somewhere, like a way station. Yeah, I did. You're yeah, coming exactly. up from the moon, you go to the, way, you go to the Earth, the ISS or whatever, and then from there you catch the lunar shuttle okay. to and from I don't think moon. it would be ISS. It would be the British space station. Yeah, or something. But in that case, those people should still be alive. Exactly. And the people exactly. on the Venus probe should still be alive. Which, seeing how they're... Assuming they didn't die on the way, but... Their odd usage of satellites for communication, I would almost expect that, well, they're not going to be able to talk to him because the string broke. That's true. <laughs> there, is a, there is a certain amount of that. So, um, they're big on suicide in Moonbase 3. I mean, we talked Apparently. about the suicide capsule that Tom had. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah now this right. time, it's that. very early. I said, I don't want everyone starving. To I, I have to admit, I was wondering if they were going to start eating each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If that's what Culler was worried about, it's like, before we get to the point where we start eating each other, I think we're just going <laughs> to put them down. <laughs> yeah. I, I think he, he probably heard people in the hallway mumbling about that. You know, say, oh, yeah, well, better nip this one in the bud. Okay. Kill them all. <laughs> all right. Then we'll stick with the suicide theme. They launched Michelle to Earth. Which I'm impressed that he actually, you know, manned up and, and did it. Yeah. And, and actually volunteered for that. Fine, I'll do it. Yeah. And he he gets there, and he's about to enter the weird atmosphere, and then his signal disappears. Exactly. Well, must be so, dead. Yeah, exactly. Well, he must be dead. All right, Tom. Set the uh, set the death clock 24 hours tomorrow night at this time. Let's kill them all. And I'm like, is 24 hours really? I mean, did, did, is there not the Enough? slightest no. possibility of a communications failure? And if it were, and he got down to Earth and he said, he said, we're still alive on the moon. We need to get word to them. They'd say, well, it's going to take us three days to get a rocket in place to get up there. 
uh, what with it being cold and all. So, uh, you know, but they've got enough to last a couple of weeks. We're good. We're good. So, right. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe he I had just, a, a secret pact with the Americans that, uh, you know, he will voluntarily kill everybody on the British base and the Americans come over and take all their food supplies because they'll uh, have plenty and gas, see, you know, oxygen. That wasn't going to be my question. <laughs> okay, well, what? If if Moonbase 3 was 30 minutes away from killing themselves and they're not bothering to communicate with any other bases, did any of the other bases kill themselves? Well, we did hear from any of them. Hmm. No, we Possibly. didn't. <laughs> I would it's almost like, expect that a couple of those bases would actually go and invade the other ones to steal their supplies. The Chinese, yeah. Yeah. At yeah. the very least. Um but yeah, just what? Well, we wouldn't. We wouldn't do that. We're British. We're Europeans. Exactly. Stiff upper we'll lip and all. Die. Turn the gas tap on. <laughs> we'll we'll just die. We won't try to take over the Chinese and eat them. No, uh, no, no, no. far too small. No. no, 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 no. Stringy. Don't like it. Don't like it at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't like that long pig. No. And they also say. Um, they also say that they've got vegetables they grow on the moon. So yes, H fourteen, mm, yummy. So bad that we haven't bothered to name it. But can you eat it? Apparently. And so they're growing it. Mm hmm. So exactly. I mean, for crying out loud, Mark Watney managed to grow <laughs> potatoes on Mars. Yeah, true. Sure, he in the Martian. For quite a while. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, yeah, it wasn't perfect, but I mean, it was, he was able to. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, I, I, I just don't. I guess because it it fails on the whole. Don't communicate. Don't investigate. Don't. I know. Give it, up so quickly. Exactly. It, just, it does kind of. I, I really kind of <laughs> want to like the episode. It, I don't dislike it per se, but it's you know it is it's dark and it's it does have a few flaws that that make me think. Maybe another go uh, on yeah, the script it, would have been good. It, it kind of reminds me of some of the the sci-fi radio dramas from like the fifties, where it's you know very short. They only have I don't know twenty five minutes to do the entire episode or however long it was, and they end on you know pretty much almost the same last type of line that was in this episode. You know, mankind can't make any mistakes, that sort of stuff. But they they. You know, they totally fail to do a lot of logical things to solve the problem. You know, like, oh, maybe a spaceship to go to Earth. Okay, great. Talk to the other guys. Oh, we're not going to do that. I, yeah, it's it's odd. But uh, it reminded me, it reminded me a bit of the Twilight Zone episode where uh, the, the crew uh, they I fell to Earth or whatever. I, I can't remember the name of it. It's a very early one where the guys ended up, they actually crash landed in the Nevada desert. Oh, yes, they yes. They were in the, a hospitable planet. The, the, the last motion of the dying guy was to draw some lines on the ground. Something they didn't figure, couldn't figure out what it was, and he was actually trying to draw uh, high-tension power lines. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was the guy who came yeah. back down. And then I think uh, our our villain of the piece, one of the astronauts killed the other one. Right, for the supplies. For the supplies, and then he climbed up and saw the the freeway sign to Las yes, Vegas. Yes, yes, yep, exactly, yep. And I'll tell you, that episode rings true because if you go 100 yards off the freeway on your way to Las Vegas, you are in the most alien, desolate, dead planet-looking place I've ever seen in my life. Oh, definitely. So, 
Yeah, so I, that one's believable. Uh, I think the moon probably looks a little more hospitable than than <laughs> yes. Nevada desert. Yes, even just outside of Vegas, it looks more hospitable. <laughs> it's a bit, yeah. Now, <laughs> back in 1957, there was no outside Vegas. It was just like that little square, and then it was... It was like casino, then complete desert right outside the door. Just no transition. Boom. You're there. Yep. Yep. Tumbleweeds. Tumbleweeds. Yeah. Cactus. (laughs) Roadrunners. Yep. Coyotes. Why (laughs) is Sir Benjamin Dice such an unpleasant character? I don't know. I was thinking, well, maybe he's just old and crotchety. It's like, okay, there's 130. Or maybe he's just, he's very, very smart. He's brilliant and has very bad people skills but no he sounds you know not that you know socially inept he's just i don't know i I don't know what to take out of that i mean just from the moment he shows up the first thing he says is oh a woman i don't think women have any place as scientists it's like wow (laughs) i think that might have been a test though i don't know based on his base yes she recovered and then he and, said, well, I think the rest of uh, she has more spirit than the rest of you or something like that. Sure. But that doesn't that doesn't that <laughs> doesn't, doesn't make up for the initial. fact. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we haven't basically walked in the door. In uh, and, and I sure he's an octogenarian. But seriously, come on. That's that's ageist. That's ageist to say you get old and you get cantankerous. <laughs> oh, that's very true. I've met some very old people who are quite nice. See, it's possible. Yeah, it's like, rare, it's but not, possible. Not happening to me, but no, it's, no. it's possible. No, <laughs> no, no. You but started the whole cantankerous thing about 20 years ago. Yes, I did. You've gotten quite good at it, too. I'm, I'll have it perfected <laughs> by the time I'm in my 80s. <laughs> but I will not have a degree in physics by then. <laughs> no, you don't need one not to be cantankerous. Now, this is uh, this is Michael Goh, who is a, a pretty famous British uh actor uh he's been in I, I don't know that he's been in a lot of well he's been in t- some major films which we'll go over here in a second that that everyone mm-hmm. would know but you know he's been in episodes of doctor who he's been in like seven he, he's just he's been in a ton of stuff he's he is passed on now but he's just a recognizable face as a sort of and he can be a quite a nice guy in in character so that's not yeah. his stock and trade oh we need a cantankerous jerk get michael go it's not <laughs> like that he he can be very very nice um i recall he was quite nice as counselor um Hedden in arc of infinity on doctor who um, Oh, okay i know i've seen also... him before someplace yeah you could have seen him in uh in the celestial toy maker if they hadn't lost that episode <laughs> um as the Celestial Toymaker. Um, oh. But you have seen him as Alfred Pennyworth in the Tim Burton Batman films. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. That's the the big standout. F- well, that's not yep. that those are technically American films, but uh, Hollywood film, re- Hollywood release films that, that yeah. he was in. And I remember when I saw him in that, I'm like, oh, it's Michael Goh. I recognize this guy. Um, so, I mean, he's, he, wow. <laughs> his character is really um let, let's start with the i don't think you should send a ship to earth because <laughs> it will give them hope and if you give them hope they'll destroy each other well you might have a point there but still what's the logic uh, to that i don't even I, know what the point is there 
If they have no hope, they'll just curl up and die. But if they had a little bit of her help or hope, they're just going to, they're still just going to curl up and die. (laughs) They're just going to hold on for a little longer. First, they're going to kill everybody so that the last person that dies, maybe he was just trying to, you know, uh, have everybody's last weeks or days or whatever, uh, you know, not so they're holed up in their, uh, their, uh, uh, cabins or whatever, <laughs> hoping that somebody doesn't come in there and steal their loaf of bread. Moonbase Three Battle Royale. Exactly. Yeah. So, who do you put your money on? Um, boy. Uh, oh, Tom, because he's uh-huh. already done the calculations to kill everybody. <laughs> okay, that's that's good. I would say that if they hadn't done that aspect of it, though, Calder. Oh, Calder. I mean, yeah. And, oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. That guy. He's yeah. the the kindly teddy bear that'll rip you apart. That's yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Come on, Jim. Come on, stand down from this. This isn't this isn't a kill or be killed situation. Come on, come on. <laughs> Snap his neck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And another one. <laughs> yep. Go. Uh, Dice's character does have a a beautiful line. Beautiful line. I've always held that the last words of mankind will not be the secret name of God, but what is this knob for? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, what does this button do? What does this do? Or, or probably more like, oops. Yeah, it'll be That's just that, oops. <laughs> where you get the opportunity to, to say oops, depending on what the knob does. Exactly. Well, I cranked it up to 11, and it's... Let's think about now, one of the... F- Funny things is, is that he he really rips into him about the whole Bastille day. Yeah, and uh, his, his views on nationalism are quite uh, poor. <laughs> and I assume you mean poor, as in he has a poor opinion of nationalism. Yes, yes. Okay, because yes. because yeah, I gotta say, of all the things that Dice said, I'm with him on that one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm not. I'm. It, it does cause quite a bit of uh, trouble. You know, I'm not a particularly patriotic person um, in the grand scheme of the universe because patriotism is nationalism and nationalism is what leads to all these things. It's like, I just, you have to see it in yourself and go, okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it, it's us versus them. It's that us versus men, them mentality. But I kind of felt and maybe it's the performance maybe it's the script but really when he went after it i kind of had this sort of we're british damn it they'll give me this froggy bastille day stuff no i think he was he was coming at it from uh uh the the point of point of view of somebody who's worked with uh you know uh, the french no no (laughs) Other well, countries, yes. uh, Russians, and who knows who else during his, his career, and he's seen the uh, definitely the Americans. Yeah, uh, the oh yes, plastic prison, University like of that. Plastic, or something like that. Yes, I forgot what he called it. But... Prison of Plastic and Steel, or something like that. University of San Diego. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, he's probably seen quite a bit of uh, uh, nationalism get in the way of good science through the years. You know, government stopping funding or not allowing things to be shared, you know, stuff like that. That's just my and, guess. And yet, the project he was complaining about, I mean, apart from the whole destroying all life on the planet Earth kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that minor detail yeah. was a joint U.S. and Russian project. Yes, yes. 
So, you know, they were they were forging together with with bonds of friendship and scientific cooperation right. there in a way. So it, it kind of a is kind of a mixed message. It would have been different if I think it would have been more effective if maybe the Russians or the Americans were rushing to get Project Arctic Sun done first. Right, all by themselves, exactly. And then that way you could you could have a plausible argument that says, look, I gave them the warning and they refused it because they had to get there first, right? They couldn't let the Russians do it. So right. they had to detonate the darn thing first. And so they've ignored my safety. Uh, you know, they could have done another review, but they couldn't resist it, space race, that kind of thing. And then his his complaining and moaning about nationalism, which seemed like he was complaining and moaning about the current project specifically that had had ended it up this way. And I just it I could know. be that uh, after he presented uh, he and his associates finding that it would not work the way they were hoping it would. Uh, you know, maybe he was upset that they, you know, Permish says, well, that's nice. Just be quiet. Both our countries are going to do this project anyways. We don't really need your input anymore. He maybe felt, you know, bent out of shape about that. <laughs> I maybe, maybe. I mean, it, it's an important, it's an important message. Nationalism is a problem. Always has been. Always will be. As is sectarian divisions and and religions and uh you know star trek versus doctor who yeah and, and that, you know that anything that breaks of us down us into, versus them mentality can be quite detrimental at times so it's definitely a thing to talk about but it doesn't seem to resonate with what's going on in this particular story at, at, mm. at that point it's just like hey let's put cantankerous old guy on the base and he can say some things to shake him up because exactly He's an old man and he's not filtered. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Much like Bruno after he's had a few. Wee how <laughs> Oh man. Or <laughs> Or Michelle. Before we do that, let's just go on one oh, yes. one last thing on, on dice. Um Hey, we ought to write stuff down. Oh what? we ought to put the sum total of mankind's knowledge uh, on, on down tape? They have books? Well I'm yeah. reading the books while they're saying this stuff why are they i don't get it i think that was a make busy project so everybody's not thinking about their uh their soon their, their impending demise no i mean it's a nice yeah i think that's something to it except that was i don't know i guess in a way that's hope isn't he giving them hope that mankind will leave a legacy isn't there some hope there yeah. there yeah yeah definitely yeah the thing he said you know hope is bad like an emo band <laughs> lead yeah. singer um and then they don't bother to contact the americans or the russians and say hey you should right. write this stuff down guys because uh we're gonna be dead soon and then especially if calder gets hold of your oxygen systems yeah and, uh, <laughs> whatever you do don't let tom run any numbers mm, that's bad mm, mm, mm. <laughs> i'm sure they've got their own tom at every one of the bases and oh he's yeah run sure all the numbers yeah. yep um this actually oddly enough makes me think of another thing if Earth's atmosphere did ignite, yes, and which burn up, uh, they did think was going to happen when the first yes. atomic bomb went off, yes, which you know some people did anyways, strikes me as a thing. Well, okay, I've heard that. Okay, I've heard that, and uh, they went ahead and did it. And yes, so in the in the history of 
mankind and you're looking back, it, it's fine to say, or it's not fine to say, but it's believable for someone to say, you know, look at the hubris of scientists. Uh, there was a real possibility that it would ignite all the hydrogen in the atmosphere and destroy all life on this planet. And they went ahead and did it. Frankenstein. And yeah. yeah. But was it really an actual viable scientific concern? Because what I remember is switching on CERN more recently. Yeah, yes. And it's like, oh, it's <laughs> going to collapse into a black hole and the Earth will be gone when they turn the thing on. And... You know, at the time, and maybe because the internet is there to give better, uh, to give worse and better analysis of it, there was no chance of that happening, right? That was that was not a theoretical possibility. That was a crazy lunatic possibility that that was yeah. going to happen. It was, and and I'm wondering now if the hydrogen thing was. But you look at a program like this which was written by writers who were not scientists, although they had James Burke, but, you know, it was written by writers who had heard the tales of the possibility of the hydrogen, uh, was it the H-bomb or the A-bomb? It was the A-bomb that they were afraid was going to do that. Yeah. Uh, and the Trinity test, actually. The Trinity test. And um, so, you know, they're just passing on uh, apocryphal wisdom, if you will, into this passing it on into the next cycle of storytelling and we've lost the context of what it was like in 1940 uh, right. whatever that you know it's like no there is no chance this is going to ignite all the hydrogen in the atmosphere of the planet it's just that's that's just crazy talk from people who don't know physics right yeah i looked a little bit of this up and it was uh, edward teller often called the father of the atomic bomb he and uh, another gentleman i don't remember his name they realized that there was a slim chance that this could happen. I guess a lot of their fellow scientists said, no, you're crazy. And some were saying, wow, we probably shouldn't do this. So they did a little study. And after some more math, uh, they, they said that, no, there's no chance of uh, self-propagating chain reaction would occur after an explosion in the atmosphere. So, yeah, it was pretty much safe. <laughs> okay. So yeah. obviously so, yeah. Dice is Teller. Yes. In this instance, yeah, he is. He is both the father of the project, and then he is the man that's saying, no, you're going to burn the atmosphere off. Exactly, so, exactly. Uh, probably. So if it yeah. had burned the atmosphere off, yeah, and if Michel had reached the surface of the planet and found that it had burned the atmosphere off, presumably he would have gone down, well, heck, we don't know what their state of their science, their space technology is. Would he have gone back to base, or would he have had to land in the ocean? I don't know. Uh, but if he could have gone back to base... Then there would have been, you know, maybe rockets there that could have brought him back to the moon. Maybe, maybe. Oh, exactly, I don't know. exactly. And canned foods would canned foods yeah. still be good? Canned foods would still be good. Yeah, mm -hmm. maybe a little warm. <laughs> I don't know stuff. Yeah, you know. Well, I don't know. Meat I mean, I don't know what igniting all the hydrogen in the atmosphere would technically do to the planet if it really happened. Would well, there be anything see. surviving? Would there be? Would there be any buildings left? Would there be any, would it be just a big fireball that went, Woof, and then there's no more air to breathe and we all die? Yeah, but I think there'd be uh, probably a lot of water water created as uh, hydrogen or oxygen burned off. There probably would be a little bit of water residue, so it'd probably be a bit uh, wet. But yeah, I think there wouldn't be much in the way of atmosphere, except for a lot of nitrogen, mm. since the atmosphere is mostly that. Yeah. yeah, so you'd have to use a spacesuit. But the question is, would there actually be food? 
Oh yeah, can stuff, sure. Can yeah. <clears throat> it 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 seems to me like he could have done supply runs. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, all the bases could have teamed up and had like, you know, supply runs to the planet. Oh no. <laughs> can't have that. Can't can't have, I have to talk to him. Yeah. So um I did like the uh the idea that the um uh the the atomic device would would have a sustained reaction it would just burn and be very bright it's very hg wells because that's what he envisioned envisioned atomic bombs would do when they were used in warfare they would be dropped on a city and it would create us this firestorm that would last for 20 or maybe even more years just consuming everything continuously well, physics was in a fairly early day when he was... Yes, uh, yes. Uh, radiation, I think, had just been kind of recognized and uh, when when he wrote... I uh, can't remember the name of the... Is that The Shape of Things to Come, isn't it? No, it was another one. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, I can't remember. Shoot. It's the one they didn't make into a movie, though. I'm pretty sure. So. Yeah, it was a bit dry. Yeah. <laughs> so... The idea, they get this thing going. They get the, the, the fusion, the fission, fusion, fission reaction going. And they, really uh, they should really not have named those things so closely. <laughs> right, fission, fusion, it's just, it's, it's a problem. Uh, sometimes I get the pot, you know, if I didn't have it pre-recorded, I'd accidentally call this thing fission patrol. Sometimes it's just it's, it's too, <laughs> confusing. too confusing. It's um, combined or split, we don't know. <laughs> who knows <laughs> uh, I'm glad the physicists know I, it's, yes, that's the important part yes. especially so the people at CERN yeah. fission reaction going over and they gave the coordinates yes. which is hilarious so I punched those into Google Earth and uh, they are roughly speaking just slightly north of a place called Brant's Borden Island hmm. Borden Island in the arctic sea now when when i first heard this my brain translated that into project antarctic sun because you heat up the antarctic and you create a whole continent just waiting for people to move down there and and start new lives as settlers and and developing a new dust bowl which they'll call a mud bowl and <laughs> right so that was my first thought and my brain was just doing that because if you do it over the north there's nothing but water up there yeah the only thing it's going to do is it's going to melt a whole bunch of ice uh it's going to raise the oceans a little bit i'm going to guess well Perhaps. i think they did mention sure. that as a concern and it's going to free up shipping lanes free up- <laughs> yep so when he gave the coordinates, I'm I'm lis- listening to the coordinates. I'm going; those coordinates are in the northern hemisphere. Those yeah. are indeed Arctic. Well, what do you know? So I looked it up, and I punched, like I said, I put it in all of that frozen wasteland that's basically Canada to Greenland and yeah. Iceland and all that stuff. I guess if you detonated it there and you melted that, that actually would produce. Quite a bit of land, yeah. Quite a bit of land for Canada. Yes, which would be great for Britain Greenland. because they're a commonwealth. Well, no, it would be Canada. They're independent. Yeah, well, you know, they still have ties, though. I assume they were. I assume they were independent in 1973 when this was written. But 
but yeah, maybe but, not. But the point is, it's an American and Russian project. It's not even over the Aleutian Islands. <laughs> right? Yeah. It, it's over... Well, if, it could be that uh, it was over the magnetic North Pole, and I didn't look up but he did exactly say that. where the North Pole was at that time. Uh, it does move around a bit. Yeah, but I don't uh, think it moves around that far. It might. I'm not sure. Like I said, I haven't looked it up. I know it's... Right now, it's, uh, what, 11 degrees off from True North or something like that? Depending where in the country you are? The world? Yeah. I don't know. The number 14 was sticking in my head. Could but be it 14, could be I forget. But, yeah. The number 14 just stuck in my head. That does not mean that it's based on anything <laughs> other than just, I don't know, I like 14. <laughs> I don't like 11. 11's a bad number. 14, good number. 11, bad number. I don't know, but it's off. We know that. But that's a long, long way. That's a right. long, long way from the North Pole. Uh, and, you know, it's basically in it's in Canada. It's, it's practically Canada. So unless Americans and Russians were going to, uh, well, we created this land. You get the melted ice. We get the dirt underneath kind of thing. And maybe that's part of the part of the whole plan is the annexation of that. Well, maybe. We know Russia has been trying to take the uh, oil rights up there. True, true. So, could be a thing. Um, okay. So, the people of Moonbase 3 think they're going to die. Yes. So, we go through that pattern. Calder tries to kill everyone. Tom is like, yeah, I was going to pop the pill just last week. So, I'm, I'm <laughs> still have know, it here, I'm, in fact. I'm I'm good for it. In fact, everyone on Moonbase probably has their own suicide pill. There's kind of that implication because maybe Michelle has one. Um, exactly. And um, speaking of Michelle, he just gets drunk and he gets, uh, you know, things that he's just not been willing to say to Calder can finally come out. You know? Yeah. He clearly resents him. He clearly resents him. For having his job, for telling him what to do, for being his boss. He yes. doesn't like it. I thought he was getting over that. Although we did, you know, we did have that thing last week with the, I guess, last week Calder is too short-sighted to do big stuff. So maybe, maybe not. But credits to Michel Lebrun uh, for maintaining a decent working relationship with Calder when he obviously does not like him. Yeah. Um, his demand, I want to know when you're going to kill us, which is funny. <laughs> just going to jump to that conclusion. Well, he because, probably read Addendum 6 on the director's guide. That's right. He, when he was studying to be the commander of the base, or the director of the base, he read the whole thing about when Earth gets blown up, we all kill. And, exactly. Uh, yes. So he, he wants Calder to tell him when he's going to do that so that he can off himself at his own leisure beforehand. Right, well, he takes all By his, his own supplies. <laughs> That's right, I'm going to eat all my food first, then I'm going to kill myself, selfish yes. bastard. <laughs> what, I was, what I would expect from the French, a Dice would say, no doubt. <laughs> oh, well, uh, Dice would say that, yes. Oh, by the way, the, the, the location of the, uh, uh, mm -hmm. of, uh, what, Borden Island, you said yeah. it was? Yeah, Borden I'm pretty Island. sure that is... Uh, Pretty darn close to where the North Pole was back in 1970-some-odd, 73. Yeah, but, but 
this is set in 2003 or is it 2011 2000 yeah this is in the 2000s man they should have predicted it maybe they did nope just found an interactive map no they did not no they They did not predict it too badly (laughs) anyways continue sorry you looked it up yeah that's all right that's all right. It's, this is important stuff, pointing out they're technically inaccurate. You can, you can edit this bit of nerdery out if you wish. Are you kidding? I'll sell this for <laughs> bonus stuff for the Patreon subscribers. <laughs> and if I don't, and I leave it in, if I leave it in for the non-Patreon subscribers, I just want to say, that was a freebie. You should consider becoming a sponsor of this podcast. Oh, definitely. You should definitely <laughs> oh, sponsor oh, this that podcast. that was a smooth plug. I got to yeah. say, that, that didn't sound... <laughs> um, uh, expect so my check next week oh thank you thank you yeah. bruno um <laughs> bruno yes i know it's like we put stuff in too <laughs> bruno good old bruno have we yeah. seen bruno before i think we have yes it's hard to tell with those haircuts yeah that's what it is he and lebron have almost the same uh stylist well also the guy that uh was missing his wife Back in Achilles' heel. Yeah, I thought that's who this was for a while until they called him Bruno. I'm like, nope, no, it wasn't Bruno. Mm. I I feel like we've seen the guy before, but I I won't swear to it. Um, was he not... the one who was running the telescope? No, no, that was like a Spanish name. Oh, okay. Uh, Juan or something like that. Yeah, anyways. but yeah, no, this is Mr. Bruno. Mr. Bruno. Uh, as soon as it's certain that we're going to die he starts uh putting becoming his mr handy ladies. yes getting to be mr handy planning he's always trying to put his hands around me um and then the whole bit where he finally gets drunk and he goes into helen's room at night yeah and well there's, there's no other way to put it he just tries to rape her yeah don't they have Is locks it, on their doors it's the moon they don't need locks on their <laughs> doors they they used all their locks on the outside of the base. Oh yes, of course. Air lock. Yeah. Uh, yes. Right. yes. Yeah. So he just comes in and he tries to rape her, and that's bad enough. And it and it does it raises the questions that I think the episode failed to explore well, and that is what would people do with the sentence of death like that over them. And, and oh, they would the... do crazy stuff like that, I'm sure, yeah. <clears throat> would they? I don't know. I, I, I really don't well, I mean, know. Dice I mean, Dice obviously thought so. Okay, but lots of people think so. I mean, look at the, look at the popularity of post-apocalyptic uh, fiction, which I detest. I, I, I have always detested it. And I'm a cynic, for crying out loud. I'm not somebody that looks at mankind and goes oh what a wondrous being this mankind is i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty down view on the human animal but i'm not that down view on the human animal that <laughs> you know strip aside the veneer of civilization or the hope of civilization and suddenly they become cannibals and rapists and and you know start farming other people and, and right exactly Get all killing for dead fun. everybody yes i just i i don't think that i mean basically decent people remain basically decent and yes, one would hope yes and i get the the whole drunk i i think the the real problem here is that rape isn't considered serious enough 
Oh, yeah. In this I had period a of time. to him, he apologized. Oh, everything's fine. Everything's what? fine, yeah. No. You're going to put him in space jail. <laughs> yeah, forever. And now that the Earth's back, that's probably the worst thing that could ever happen to that guy. Oh, yeah. Like, Bruno's you're going hating down. life. And <laughs> you... Like, oh, crap. <laughs> you're going down. And you're going to be on the sex offender registry if you ever get out. Right. Um, but, you know, no one ever goes to the idea of cannibalism. Right. Nobody. I mean, not that anybody would have had time to start that, but but, you know, nobody Calder doesn't mention that. It's like, you know, before the supplies run out, we all eat each other, um, which would be, I think, is probably considered the ultimate in human no nos when a survival situation. Yeah. Civilization Um, is lost when that occurs. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. But rape, you know, well, that's understandably had a few and, you know, this was 1973 in England, after all. And that's the problem. Yeah, it's like I mean that's that's that one does moving not hold on up today. To that's uh, why we still have so many problems with this kind of thing. Is that for so long, it, it it's not been treated as as the violent assault. Yeah, that violation. I mean, yeah, I think I think you know assault and battery probably is treated more was treated more seriously because you know that's you know that's like two guys. Committing a crime, guy committing a crime against another guy, and then, but here it's against a woman, so you know, and you know, probably half of it are are still doing the whole. She probably enjoyed it anyway, and it, it's just really awful. It's really awful, and and the fact that I, I know we're looking at an artifact. I know we're looking at an artifact. Yeah, from the past. But I just I have such a hard time believing even then that it would be like okay. Apology was given, <laughs> you know, sobered up, had an apology. It's all forgotten now. Even under threat of we're all going to die anyway tomorrow because Gulder knows. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's setting this. Maybe that's why he set the switch up, the 24 hours. Maybe he's like, well, before any more of those things happen. No, yeah, it could be. Could be. But it just, it feels like it's the kind of thing that we could have explored a little, a little yeah. better than, than what they did. Maybe if the episode would have been an hour long or two hours or something like that. Two-parter. Two-parter. A cliffhanger. Ooh, that would have been good. I'll tell you. This is this is no joke. There, the, I, I kind of made light of it in my synopsis, but there was a point in this episode when they came to an act break, and with the music that they played at that moment... I really thought it was the end of the episode, even though it was nowhere near the end of the episode. You know, time is... <laughs> You know, I sometimes lose track. I'm not watching the clock when I'm watching a show. And suddenly you hit this point and I'm like, oh, they didn't end this series on that cliffhanger, did they? <laughs> now that's bold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but they didn't. <laughs> Fortunately, yeah. But I really thought they did. For just for just a moment there, I it really came to me. I'm like, no, no. Wow. That's the BBC for you. Uh, let's see. The only other questions I have, why did Bruno not go? Is it just, I'm afraid of what I'll find? Yeah. Is is it supposed to be, here we are on the moon and we're isolated, we're cut off, and we we think the earth, we know the earth's dead, but we don't really know the earth's dead because we can't communicate with them and we can't get to them. So, So I have hope that maybe, maybe it's still there. But if I get in that ship and I travel to Earth, I will know. And I don't want to know. Yeah. 
but we kind of didn't get that. He just kind of like, I just, I, I can't, uh, I can't, yeah. I can't do it. I can't exactly. do it. I thought I could, but I can't do it. It's just, it's like I'd be, I think he meant it's like I'd be killing myself. Yeah, but, exactly. But so, so Michelle goes, I didn't even know Michelle was a qualified astronaut. So apparently, but at this point, I guess it doesn't matter as long as he gets to earth. And, and the other thing is 20 degree drop in temperature on the <laughs> planet. <laughs> so presumably that's Celsius. Yeah. Um, even in Britain, the Met stopped using Fahrenheit in 1970. So, and for many years they'd been doing Fahrenheit Celsius. So you'd think the writers would be up on that. They'd be like doing the Celsius thing. That's 36 degrees Fahrenheit for American, uh, viewers. Yeah, that's, that's quite a drop. That is like day night swings in the Arizona desert. Yeah. You know, (laughs) which actually that's true. I I think we do lose. We can swing 30 degrees. Day oh, yeah. And night. Easy. 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 No humidity, folks. No humidity. Exactly. No, no cloud cover to reflect any of that heat down. None of just, it. Just off it goes sometimes yep. at night. So you burn during the day and you freeze at night. It's, uh, yep. it's a wonderful place. <laughs> so, yeah. So at least they solve global warming, huh? Yeah, well, yeah. For a while, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to guess that's going to have some uh, lasting ramifications uh in uh, well, that they, year's they, crop production just for a couple of days with that sort of temperature drop is going to kill a lot of plants oh yeah no the the even in um uh in in the the 1700s uh mm-hmm. 18th century the um, uh oh crud krakatoa tambora tambora there we go tambora, yeah, tambora. A big volcano uh, going boom that subsequently the year without a without a summer uh yeah. caused hideous death mm-hmm. it, from cold i mean in lots of places in north america though it was it was really awful and uh you know and they were just kind of struggling along in those days anyway without electricity and stuff and uh, yeah it, it it and that was just a single event pumping hundreds of millions of metric tons of dirt and ash into the atmosphere. This yeah. is a planetary-wide cloud, and even if it dissipates in a while, it would only take a few days. Uh, right. In fact, you know... Well, the, the sad thing is is that uh, Calder and those guys on the moon base had it exactly right. They are looking at a dead planet. It's just going to take a while to die, but it's going to be pretty quick. You know, come to think of it, <laughs> knowing what we now know... About the extinction, well, mm. no is a strong world uh, word. Yeah, yeah, assume. The, the uh, extinction of guess. the dinosaurs yes. from the Chicxulub crater. Yeah. Um, and and you know, the fact that that was put stuff up in the atmosphere that stayed there for quite a while and basically was a mass extinction event. Did kill it, wipe out life, but wiped out most life and... I think I think we're looking at that. I think we're looking at an extinction level event there. Despite the fact that, you know, everything's fine and the game shows are still playing. Oh, uh, fortunately. Ooh. Cannot believe they left the TV on. Uh, sure, why not? I like their uh, in-wall radio, though. Very 1960s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I don't have anything else. You got anything? Um, why was Tom yelling in the spacesuit for Bruno? <laughs> 
You think you oh, know, yeah. people would know not to do that. You don't have to. You had a radio. Yeah, on. that's true. That's true. I did make a note of it, but I forgot it, to transfer it, it to was my funny final that, notes. That Michelle, you know, said you don't have to yell. <laughs> so I wonder. Oh, if uh, one, one other thing. Uh, the, uh, the idea of uh, setting off an atomic weapon or atomic device in the atmosphere was actually tried in 1962 called Starfish Prime, the United States detonated one over uh, somewhere Hawaii a Hawaii area a couple hundred miles away from there and it caused intense auroral activity for a couple days I believe uh, and they it followed the magnetic flux lines of the planet so they definitely knew that something like that could have happened so I think the uh, the writer probably had read something about that and decided to incorporate it into his story so I suspect cool. I suspect that, you know, he, just like he'd read about Edward Teller and his predictions. I, I suspect there yeah. was a little bit of research going on there. Yeah. So why did it do that? So why we, did detonated, it do that? we detonated an atomic weapon in the atmosphere. Is it because it's ionizing the atmosphere? Yes. Yeah. And so therefore it's disrupting the magnetic, the, the, the bounce of the magnetic. Uh, yeah, the ionized shield, gases uh, cause, uh, I'm probably going to get this wrong, cause... Uh, uh, no one will know. Certain, you know, certain type of. Well, no, no, that's not true. Reflected. We have a physicist who listens. Yes, so right. please write in and correct us. Please, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I'm wondering what it is that allows the. So it's it is truly the aurora. It is the solar winds that they were seeing coming in along um, the magnetic lines. It well, wasn't it might have some been, leftover I, effect of the bomb itself. I, I think that was probably an artificial aurora uh, caused by the bomb, by the the ionization of of the uh, the gases the rarefied gases up there uh that, were, that was causing the, the discoloration and the glowing and the whatnot yeah it's very nice of them to give a light show for hawaii huh yeah well all the way down to new zealand too oh there was uh the remark they, get the to, Wikipedia they have to pay for that this. no they get a free they, light uh, show the new zealand uh navy uh liked it because it made their um submarine operations quite uh, a little bit easier because of the extra light they had at night i'm gonna i'm gonna wonder about that for ages now <laughs> so they they run their submarines by, by moonlight <laughs> well you know at night you're doing maneuvers and stuff it's hard to see anything oh, in the right. ocean because it's pitch 1940s, black 1940s 1940s they're they're not using gps right <laughs> Well, it hadn't been invented yet. Right, so you know. I know, I know. But yeah. Well, no, when they dropped when they dropped the bomb. Oh yeah, for yeah, New Zealand. Yeah. yeah, that was that would have been the probably the fifties yeah. or early sixties. I mm -hmm. guess. So, yeah. <laughs> I just somehow I never. I realized that submarines come up and they look around and they go, "Oh yeah, this is where we are," and then they go back down. But it just kind of like, well, why? Like, oh, hey, we got extra moonlight. Let's get up there tonight. <laughs> exactly. Oh, let's let's make good use of this. Don't know what it is, but we're going to keep doing it. Keep using that. Chris, it also means your submarine can be seen more easily by the enemy. Uh, exactly. Exactly. All I got. Oh, I did like so the this... cans of red wine on the uh, the mess hall table. <laughs> Thought that was very accurate for today. <laughs> <laughs> it should be in a carton. It should be in a carton. Oh, I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were off the side. You had like a suitcase of of, of red wine. Because it says red on the label. Yeah, that's quite nice. I know how it's made. I know how it's made. I don't want yeah, it anymore. Exactly. From... Yeah, exactly. Effluent and a couple packets of purple. Yeah. Yum. <laughs> Yum. Mm. 
<laughs> I hope they at least clean the effluent. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope so too. So this is your first time coming to the end of a series, and this is indeed the end of a series on yes. Patrol. We usually like to look back uh, briefly at the entirety of the series. What do you think? Oh, wait, I'm supposed to remember three? the episodes? You yeah, don't that have wasn't to remember my contract. The episodes. <laughs> I mean, apart from the general sort of generalism, but the series as a whole. Um, I liked it. I liked it. I, I wish they would have continued. Um, I'm not sure where they would have gone after the whole, you know, nuking Earth type thing. Uh, <laughs> They've got bigger been, bombs yeah, for season yeah. two. I, I would have liked to have seen them actually do the the project with the Russians of, uh, you know, taking uh, oh, yeah, yeah. T- the, the Grand, grand tour. tour of the, the solar system. Having some part in that. Yeah. Um, you mean spend more time uh, exploring the universe instead of exploring your budget spreadsheets exactly yes i think yeah. that's i think that's part of that criticism from from terrence yes. Dix as well said it's yeah. i mean it's a little probably bit lighter on the bureaucracy but, yeah and maybe maybe a little bit oh 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 yeah i do have one thing about this what? episode i'm sorry i was just breaking it aside the, bruno's line when he's trying to rape helen is like what i'm not good enough for you what are you for you're for senior staff only Oh, yeah. Whoa. I I guess the rumors are getting around here about Helen being the moon base bike, huh? (laughs) Could be. I seriously, that was I I mean, we've had our we've had our chastisements of her for her professional behavior on board (laughs) the moon base. And apparently maybe that's why he went to her. That could be. Come to think of it. I didn't think about it that way. Maybe. I didn't either. But yeah. Well, so apparently everybody knows. <clears throat> everybody knows Helen. But yeah, no, I I, uh, I enjoyed the series, and I uh, I do wish they'd made another series. I think they could have lightened it up a little bit. Um, perhaps maybe uh, you know added some more lasers. No, um, so they could have made it a romantic comedy between yeah. Helen and somebody. And, uh, every every episode, in fact, well, Helen and one there. of our patients. But um, yeah, they've been almost like Love Boat, I think. <laughs> the Love Moon. Ew. <laughs> okay, we're not gonna not going there. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't it'd be funny if somebody tried to revive it. I yeah. gonna I was gonna make a crack yeah. about uh, make a crack about Big Finish could uh, could make more episodes of Moonbase Three. No, but. There's a reason why I don't think that's going to be happening anytime soon. Because they are making episodes of two other shows. One of which, Space 1999. Oh, yeah. And then they also have another series that they're coming out from an obscure 1980 British science fiction program. And uh, instead of us doing the Big Finish stuff, we are going to take a look at the original series, which is Star Cops. Oh yes, yeah. Star Cops. Star Cops. That will be our next our next series. So mm-hmm. moving on into the realm of hard sci-fi cop drama. Yes. I think. I I, oh. I have not watched any single episodes of it yet, so we're we'll we'll be cold going into this one as well. Yep. Yep. And John, not... thank you for joining me on this uh, tour of Moonbase Three. No, you're welcome. It was fun. I, I hope to pick up my uh, celebratory can of red wine and H13 or H14 uh, vegetable. 
I'm pretty way back sure to you Earth. can buy. I'm pretty sure you can buy the H14 at the Asian market. Oh. Packets marked vegetable. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And listeners, I do hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. Come join the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. All episodes are available at fusionpatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production.